We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. I'm Chase Parham, and today I'm speaking with Chandler Morgan. She is a news anchor with Action News Jax there in Jacksonville, Florida. She's had previous stops in Columbus, Georgia. And Charlotte, North Carolina. She's won a, an Emmy while she was in Charlotte. And you might remember Chandler. She was an intern with RebelGrove.com and MPW Digital during her time at Ole Miss. She's a very accomplished student here at Ole Miss as uh, as well. So it was good to catch up with Chandler. She's been successful. Has moved through the ranks in the uh, broadcast news industry. So I want to talk about her path, her history, what she loves about local news, what she would tell students now from her college experience, and uh, also her foray into a little bit of sports coverage that brings back the time that she uh, was with us at MPW Digital and Rebel Grove. Chandler was uh, inarguably the best intern we've ever had. Hopefully uh, some can can, can fill her shoes as we move forward. We're always interested in students and internships. with Ole Miss and uh, us at rebelgrove.com and MPW Digital. But uh, Chandler is um, an excellent at what she does. She has a lot of great insight. So let's get on with it now. I'm speaking with Chandler Morgan, formerly of rebelgrove.com and now Action News Jax there in Jacksonville, Florida. Chandler Morgan now joining us here on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Chandler, it's really great to talk to you. It's been, uh, I think it's been about eight years almost since you were uh, with us as an intern at uh, MPW Digital, rebelgrove.com. And you, you don't know this, so I'm, I'm probably going to embarrass you a little bit. Is your Once you left, your name became a bit of a term. Um, when any intern came up, I said, I need a Chandler is what I need. Uh, so I will say that over the course of our... I, Neil and I have been together for 15 years now. Uh, this May, you were by far our best one, our most dedicated one. So uh, all these years later, I appreciate it. But yes, there is. Everybody will get this. Jeffrey will get this. Neil will get this. I have. Uh, I've said. I just. I, I just need Chandlers. I've told people throughout the journalism school that that's what I needed, and it's been. Uh, it's been cool to watch your career to this point, and I really appreciate the uh, the few minutes today. Yes, absolutely. That is so kind. Oh my goodness. What a compliment and what a standard to be set too. I really appreciate that. It was so fun looking back at that all the time, you know, and I I think it's very fantastic that my world has led me back to sports in a way with what I currently do um, in in Action News Jacks and one of my most recent projects. And I pull from that. I pull from the guys, you know, that I was Mm -hmm. talking to you guys back when I was in college. So I appreciate you guys just as much as you appreciate me. 
you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's one of the reasons I want to talk to you is just to catch up and let people who followed you back then have an idea what was going on. But even for, for students, I, I think you're a really good lesson for, you know, we, we have so many people that want to be interns or do different things. And it, it, it's the irony of, or maybe it's not because you were very dedicated, but the irony of, you know, we get so many people who go, Hey, I want to go be a sideline reporter and I only want to cover football. And I, I remember I'll, I'll give everybody else the background. You and I went to lunch the very first time we met and you basically were like, yeah, I don't really want to do sports at all. And I'm like, well, why, what's up? Why are you here? And you're like, well, I just, I can add it to the resume. It's something else to get the, the, the full, the full thing of, uh, of what was going on. Kind of looking back, what was the draw to just making sure you had a little of everything through your college experience? Because you, you really tried to use Newswatch and internships and things to, to have as varied of a resume as you could for when you got out in the professional world. It was a way to learn every single thing that I could learn from, squeeze a little bit of knowledge here, squeeze a little bit of experience there, get a little bit of insight from someone like you who knows the business and knows a realm of, of the world of journalism. It was always a way that I could feel like I could get to know the entire world of media better. And I still, to this day, hold it true. And I say it, and I said it to my boss when I started my project with Jag Social this year. I said, I am not a sports girl, and I am still going to mm -hmm. stay true to that. I am not going to pretend to be a sports girl. I am not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about, but I can learn. But I can also lean on someone else who might have that experience, and I can learn from them. So that's what I've done. And so you guys were so great because if I had questions, you would answer them and you would help guide me. And then I felt like I was getting in a good repetition of, of knowing what to expect. But all of that different area of work and different projects I was involved with, I feel like there's still times in my current life that I can pull from something and say, hey, I remember that moment and use it as a little nugget today. Um, and that's why it's so incredible that this year with the Jaguars and our new mm. project we started at Action News Jacks, I pulled from it then too. I said, you know, in college I did this and I, I was able to, to get familiar with sports, but it helps you at the end of the day. You can, you can sit back and you can and say, I do actually remember something from that experience. You know, it's one of the interesting parts of I, when, I, when I go speak to journalism classes or whatever, I said, you know, media is media, reporting's reporting. It's just whether it be sports or crime or weather or whatever you're doing, that's just the topic. It's still about people. It's about experiences. And, you know, one of the things is, hey, quit worrying about what the genre is. Just go report, go do news, go do that things. And I think it lets people learn. It lets people communicate. And, you know, you're, you're pretty varied in that right now. Obviously, a lot of anchor experience at this point. And then you're mentioning this project. Kind of tell people what, what, what is sort of the sports side of your business right now. Right. So uh, I absolutely love our newsroom because we, you know, local news in particular has changed a lot over the years and sports, especially at the local level, has also changed. Our newsroom is so blessed that we have an incredible sports team and we have a particular producer who is my co-host now for JAG Social. And she has been, you know, in it just like you have, like, thick into the sports world, thick into our high schools, our, you know, our NFL team and, and really anything sports related. So we came up with the idea, specifically my general manager, uh, Bob Longo did. And he said, what if we had a show that was for the casual Jaguars fan, but also blended just those little 
you know, nuggets of sports to where someone who isn't necessarily a diehard Jaguars fan could understand and could really process that portion of the world while also learning more about the Jags when they're off the well, I like to say it was a perfect marriage of a news anchor and a sports anchor. And we come together and we talk about all things Jaguars off the field. So we do mention like important things that you might be thinking of if you're just getting into the world of becoming a Jags fan, you know, what to look for in the game, things like that. But the other interesting aspects of the Jaguars, which is there's so many businesses in and around Jacksonville that love the Jags and are passionate about the, the Jags. There's so many organizations that the players are passionate about, and we don't necessarily have time all the time to talk about that in our newscast. We're so focused on who won, what's at stake, things like that. This is a time to devote the the time and, and really the the stories around the Jags that we might not get to see in your normal sports cast. Um, and it was a success. You know, we had so much fun doing it too. And, and all the businesses that we talked to all the different places we went to and people we interviewed, it was so fun. Even just small little things in the game. If you go to a game, um, one of the cool things that they do is they have high school students that get to run the end zone back and forth. Um, they get selected if they're a great student athlete and, that's one of the things when you go to a game, you love seeing little things like that. If you're a casual fan, maybe you maybe you don't necessarily know everything that's going on, but you really enjoy just being at the game, being in the Jags atmosphere, little things like that. Like we can talk about that. So we get to expand the world of Jaguars just out, you know, outside of your normal game setting. You're really doing a service for the team and the community at the same time because you're humanizing it. I mean, uh, that's something that we, right. that we deal with so much and at the college side because you know, the NFL is much more regimented. They're much more open for interviews and different things, and you have more availability. But on the college side, it's one of our big challenges right now because everybody's a little, and I, I don't even say this word with a negative connotation mostly, is they're a little paranoid. They're always you know, really on message and really worried about whatever. And a lot of our goals every day is, okay, how can we tell what this person's story is to the point that they're not just a robot in a football uniform and people aren't right. just cheering for the laundry because – they're wearing those colors and that's what it looks like. And, you know, you're, cause you're also kind of growing the fan base. I mean, you mentioned the casual fan and you have to lock in. There's places for the diehard to go. They're not going anywhere, but for the casual person, you are adding so much there. And I, this is probably a very broad question, but I'm just sort of curious as I'm thinking about it. How does that relate to where you do see local news now? Because, you know, I mean, here in, in Mississippi and in Oxford, um, there's a bit of a death of it. There's not from a news side. There's not a lot of of people covering things. Even, you know, meetings are very important, government kind of projects and those different things. What is sort of the the goal for for local news? Do you feel like at this point and, and what do you try to do to, to connect with people in that way? I think the local news is still so important and you have to have people that are passionate in the newsrooms. I think that's how it thrives. You've, mm -hmm. you've got to have people who really are locked in and want to, to tell the stories, but also look into things that are really important. And that may sound a little bit bland, but it, it really is what's at the core and it's still going to drive it through. You know, I, I get people all the time who are coming up asking me about certain things and they look to you like they, they, they want to know these things. And although we have social media and we have all these great tools and digitally in the world of AI, like there's, there's nothing, there is nothing better than a person who is willing to do the work for the community. And that's at the end of the day, what we do. So 
I really look at local news as there's so many more ways that you can continue on local news and expand. You just have to have the right people doing it. You have to have the right people dedicated to doing that. And newsrooms nowadays were, you know, going through a shift where we have a lot, you know, necessarily like younger people in newsrooms, younger producers and things like that. But mm-hmm. I look, whenever I see that in a newsroom, I look up and see myself, not everybody's journey is the same, but I, I see myself because I see, I see exactly how I was passionate and I wanted to get into it and dive into it. And there's a lot of amazing people I know in my newsroom, but a lot of people in the Jacksonville market that are still so passionate about that. So I, you have to find people and, and have newsrooms that are devoted to that. Um, and if it's not news, you know, different writers for different columns, different, there's even bloggers that are very passionate about it. Um, I will always say that local news is great because I think it's extremely, it can be extremely unbiased. I think, you know, everybody's going to have at the end of the day, what they take from it, but you have a lot of people that are still dedicated to that. So I think that news is still going to thrive. It's just, it's just going to change in the world of streaming, right? It's going to have to adapt in that way of how we get our news. But the way we do it is still the same. It's still the same dedication of being able to go directly to the source, you know, whether that's on a a small scale or a large scale, you're, you know, small town or a larger city or a mid-sized city. How do you feel like you build trust with the audience in that way? I think you have to put in the work. You have to actually show the product and be transparent. That's one of the things that we're extremely passionate about here at Action News Jax is making sure that we stay on top of something and really showing people the the work that we have done to get to that point. Because a lot of people want context nowadays and you read headlines that's, you know, people get online, they see that. But if you can actually have someone sit down and explain it to you and in context, doesn't mean like this long drawn out thing. It just means like giving us those fast facts of here's, you know, what we've been doing thus far, because I think people appreciate that. Cause then it shows like we actually are familiar with what we're talking about and we have taken the time to get you up to this point. It's also it's the trust factor that can happen with local news when it's really done well and local journalism is that it's not somebody from 10,000 feet in the air that's flying over that doesn't end the contract. You're, you're in the community. You're affected in much the same ways as the thing you're covering. And, you know, sometimes I feel like people that get frustrated uh, that are in local news or don't really know what happened. They kind of miss that part of it is that you're just being human because you're dealing with the exact same issues as you're talking about on air or in print or whatever it is you're doing every single day. And I think, you know, it's probably something that as you have, you've moved around and you've progressed and and, and trended upward in your career, how do you sort of get ingrained in the community? What are some of the things that, you know, have happened when you move somewhere to go, Hey, I've got to understand this place as I report on it. Right. And, you know, when I moved to Jacksonville, that was another new challenge in my career was because I was no longer going to be a reporter in the field. I was going to be an anchor. And so Mm -hmm. just by the nature of the job, you're you're in the studio a lot more because you have a lot more hours that you have to devote to the newscast that you're doing. So one of the things that I prioritized when I got here was saying yes to a lot of things. It's it's kind of the same philosophy that I've taken from the start of this (laughs) is saying yes, saying yes to events, saying yes to people, saying yes to coffee, saying yes to you know, sticking around and and looking and learning about some of the previous big stories that have been important to us, that's really surface level. But saying yes to people is the most important part. So when I got here immediately, I was 
you know, I knew I wanted to connect with the school districts because that was something I was passionate about in Charlotte. Um, I knew I wanted to go ahead and connect with a lot of our media partners that we already have through our family focus. And I did all that. And then that blossoms because when you go and you meet someone at an event or if I'm emceeing, like I do the character counts awards um, and I see all these kids that like, I just, you know, I love seeing the kids and especially as they're about to go to college too, because it's such a big moment. Um, You meet more people and then you meet, you meet people and you hear things that are important to them. And then you realize in your day to day, as you start to live here, Oh, I see these themes. I, because I'm also experiencing it. I'm I'm also living it. I'm also driving this road that everybody complains about, you know, constantly. Um, So you start to see those patterns and then exactly you're living it and you are part of the community at that point. Um, But you you have to put in the effort and you have to, to, to talk to people. You have to, there's nothing better than, sitting there talking to someone rather than just, you know, social media is great, but it's surface level. <laughs> you know, from a journalism standpoint, I mean, especially as long as I've known you, it seems like you've kind of been a bit of an old soul and, you know, you've wanted to do this for so long. Was that, when did it start? I mean, were you the seven-year-old that wanted to be Diane Sawyer? I mean, like what, what, what came into this where you went, Hey, I, I want to to report and, and, and do this that I'm doing now. I sure was. It's a, okay. that's exactly it. I <laughs> I can thank my dad for that because every single day when I would get home from school, we would turn on the news and we would watch the world news and together. And he loved it. He still watches it to this day. He records it. He's the DVR. He watches it every day. And um, I love that about him. I will say that it is extremely, I think, funny that I am here at Action News Jacks now because I co-anchor on the nights when I fill in on the nights with an anchor that I grew up watching. So when I was in high school, uh, John Bachman, who's our main male co-anchor at action news jacks, he was doing the 4 PM newscast at the channel that I grew up watching, which was channel two action news in Atlanta. And when I came here to action news jacks, I told John that story. And he said, please never tell me that story again, because now I feel old. And I tell him that story all the time. And And I laugh, I laugh when I do, but it, I was so invested from a young age and inspired. There was something about just being able to, to know all of these different things and share that information. I always was just a naturally curious person, but I also had a love for people and that blended the two, like being able to be in journalism and know these things that people really cared about. It, it made action because you're talking to somebody or you're telling somebody about something they deeply care about. So I think that's where journalism is amazing because that, how, how, how do you get better than that? Talking to somebody that about something that they deeply care about. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What was it like to sit down next to him for the first time? Somebody that you watched like that? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, you don't realize just how pivotal it is after it's happened you're kind of you're anticipating like wow this is amazing but then when you sit back and you think wow this is just a part of my every day now it takes away the you know the aspect of at the end of the day we're we're regular people john's a regular person of course but it's it's amazing to think like wow i really have worked hard to get here and now i'm next to somebody like john who's so fantastic continues to be fantastic continue to learn from him um sitting next to him the first time and actually anchoring it was it was a pinch me moment but it was also really humbling because he's he's humble himself and he's fantastic so it makes you feel like at the end of the day, like what we're doing is normal. We're normal people and we're just doing our job. It just happens to be on camera and it happens to be next to a guy who's fantastic and talented like John. What was the very first thing you did in front of a camera or to report the news? To report the news? It would have been, I want to say it would have been at um, Newswatch. I think there was... Maybe back when I was in um, an intern, it was a, it was partially a staff writer and an internship at Marietta Daily Journal. I remember there was a um, opportunity to go and do wakeboarding with the wakeboarding contest that was coming to Marietta. It was, I think, actually specifically Altoona area of um, outside of Atlanta. It was an Australian, I think like wakeboarding contest and the photographer there who was the staff photographer, his name was Kelly. He's fantastic. I don't think he's there anymore. Um, rightfully so he deserves to enjoy retirement, but he knew I was passionate about finding a way to get on camera and develop those skills so that I could eventually join Newswatch because I'm not sure if you know this, but I auditioned for Newswatch at least four times and got denied. I didn't know that. Not really? I did. Yes. Um, and I was so discouraged, <laughs> but I was dedicated. And so I, t- I went to the newspaper as an intern and I was like, if there's any opportunity that I can do something on camera, please let me know. And so it was a wakeboarding contest and, and I got a chance to go out there, interview them on the boat and then do like a stand up type situation. I don't think it ever saw the light of day and it's probably for the best. But um, then from there, actually, after that, I auditioned for Newswatch again. Um, I didn't get it again. And then it was that spring semester that I believe I started with Newswatch. And then from there, my internship with Atlanta. And then I came back and did did my work with you all. So um, it was fantastic to see. But yeah, it was brutal to get those no's at first. It's very discouraging. It never, but it never derailed you at all. You never went, what the hell? Like, just kind of, you know, oh, I, I mean, oh, I did. I sure did. I, you okay. know, because 
I, when I was a freshman, I, I auditioned, I got a call back my very first time freshman year. So I was really excited, right? Because I kind of had that glimmer of hope of like, oh man, I might get this and I might really hit the ground running as a freshman and just imagine what I can accomplish in four years. You know, your mind goes crazy because the possibilities are endless, but then I did not get it after that callback. Um, so I, it, it lit a fire in me for sure, because I wanted, to, I wanted to get that feeling and then actually accomplish it. Um, and it was the time, I, I think it was my junior year, my, my fall junior year that I tried again and I didn't even get a call back. And, um, I called my dad crying <laughs> and I was, I remember vividly sitting on the floor crying and being like, gosh, dad, this just stinks. Like why, why am I, why is it not clicking? I know I'm passionate about this. And, um, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Chandler, you've been very lucky in life to not receive a lot of no's. He said, mm -hmm. this is important for you to remember what it feels like when you get this feeling of no, because it can light your fire to finally get that yes. And so the next time I auditioned, I got a yes and it clicked and it was fantastic. So poetic, right? But it really, it really was my dad was fantastic about continuing to encourage me because he knew just how passionate I was because I would do it. You know, I would watch the news every day and it never, never changed. Even when I was in college, I would watch the different Memphis channels that we could get. Mm -hmm. As a morning anchor. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with seasonal blues. The holidays can be stressful, can conjure up some sadness. In other words, this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I've benefited from therapy. It was good. It was a work for me. It was good work for me to talk through some feelings with a professional, walk away with a new perspective. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better H-E-L-P. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MPW. What is your schedule? What time are you getting up? What are you doing? What does this look like? Oh, my goodness. It is early, but I love it. It's it's weird. My body works really well with it. So I get up closer to anywhere between 2 and 2.30, and then I'm at work anywhere between 3 and 3.30. Um, and I'm usually done. I don't necessarily do the noon on a daily schedule. I do the 4.30 in the morning, and then um, I pop in and do half-hour essentially tease or reports to what's coming up at seven. And I do the seven to nine hour as well. Um, but we have three anchors in the morning and then I'm, I'm closer to my days, usually closer around like 12 or 1130, depending on if I have special projects on the back end of my day. Cause I have okay. a few other things that I'm involved with for our franchises. Are you leaving the house camera ready? What is it? Um, 
Well, you know, to get technical, I do half of my makeup. Okay. <laughs> and then once I get once I get to work, I do the rest. Um, just because it's a long day otherwise. So I I'm pretty okay. much I'm in dress, you know, ready to go. And then I do half of it and then I kind of put the final touches by the time that I'm on studio. So what is the rest of the day? Because, I mean, you're obviously still having to consume news and know everything and learn and, and still take it in. So what is the balance between, okay, how do I do 11, 12 noon to when I go to bed? How do I sort family, husband, dog, like other obligations and your hobbies and things of that nature? Just getting up so early and moving in that way. What does the rest look like on how you balance all those things? Right. It, I think it's a healthy dose of still being connected because the news never stops. And a lot of our big stories, you know, are done with our day side crews and they do a really good bulk amount of work of, of what's leading and driving our newscasts. But it's important to me to constantly stay connected in the way of, you know, having your notifications on and, and just checking through naturally. I, I am on social media, so you do see certain Mm -hmm. things, but there's also definitely, as I've, I've gone through my career knowing when to hold back and setting healthy boundaries because otherwise the emails never stop. So if you wanted to keep looking at emails, the emails will still come and you can just go down that that road. But for me, it's a good, healthy balance of being connected on our really big stories, but de- devoting time that, you know, in the morning there there's a set amount of time that I carve out to be uh, you know, able to to go through and know what was important for me to catch up on. Um, when usually before I go to bed, I'm also checking in just to make sure that there wasn't anything that I necessarily missed or something that I need to know to zone in on in the morning. I went through, saw a couple of your reels over the course of their, your professional work since you you left Ole Miss. You. <laughs> have an Emmy been nominated for multiple. Um, but a lot of stories that were there, they've been very difficult. I mean, you've covered the the shooting in Charlotte and, you know, whether it be fires and wrecks and deaths and whatnot, what have, what have those sort of stories and stories where you're dealing with death and fatalities and, and, and those changes, what does that sort of taught you about reporting the news and just simply covering those situations? It has taught me that there's so many emotions that, I may not ever experience and hopefully I won't have to experience, but it just, it, at the end of the day, it reminds you that every single story that we do, there is a person, there is a person behind it. There's a family. It could be the best day of their life. It could be the worst day of their life. And there's so many ranges of that, right? Because mm-hmm. we look at somebody who's lost a family member and we're thinking that is absolutely devastating. But then we're looking at someone who maybe was shot and they were shot and they're going to lose a leg and that's going to change their life. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these stories, they are the heightened portions of someone's world that we are now being a part of and that we are tasked with telling that person's story and telling that in such a delicate way. So I think oftentimes, you know, we, we always have to remember that first when we're, whether it's something that is 15 seconds in the newscast or we're devoting an entire special to it. Um, it, it is someone's life and it is someone's, usually someone's most Im- important or a very Im- important part of their life. It doesn't have to be what defines their life, but it is a very important part of their life. And it's such a, it's a delicate balance too, because you, 
can't be so emotional to do your job, but at the same time, you have to feel enough emotion to understand and, and, and explain and give context and that emotion to the, to, to the reader. And I would assume that, I mean, I've, I've covered some very difficult things, but probably not to the level of the quantity that you have in that way because of what I do every day. Probably something that just comes with time and experience to learn exactly what that balance is, I would assume. It does. Yeah, it certainly does. You know, I I vividly remember my first market experiencing a story where I was knocking on someone's door. That's usually a term you do. The, the door knock is what it's called on someone's you know home who you know that they've lost a family member and you're just trying to connect with them, see if they're at home and, and try to you know essentially form a line of communication to see if they would like to express anything, anything like that. And so I remember knocking on someone's door and it was the mom of the daughter who who had just died the night before, um, in a car wreck right in front of her own house. And I, that, I think that was one of the moments that stood out to me because that day I, I was so emotional because I felt like I could feel everything that that mom was experiencing. And so I think it's, it all comes with time and it all comes with just navigating being a human and, and knowing that this is a person and this is someone's life. And then also knowing you have a job to do and, and you have to make sure that you're doing it in a fair way. So it's it's a delicate balance, but there's really no way to develop that skill other than just being able to be in those situations and asking for guidance from people who have also been in those situations before. There's been plenty of times that I've leaned on other people who have been in the business way longer than me and asked them, you know, how do I handle this? What's what's the right word that could could help really define this? Um, whether it's writing or approaching the situation when you go there in person. So um, just over the years, it's really just making sure that you find a delicate balance. What's been, I mean, I know it's like any other job, it's place. And I mean, there's a, there's a financial component to it, different thing, but what's sort of been the the key parts of your path on choosing jobs and markets and, and whatnot as you've, as you've moved around some. I have always chosen a place that I've been um, tied to in some way in my life, unknowingly. <laughs> it, okay. it, nece- it hasn't necessarily been strategic. So for example, my dad grew up in Charlotte. Um, and Columbus, Georgia was actually, I vividly remember this too. I was in, um, in a class at Ole Miss and we were looking at markets and the professor called on me and said, you know, where are you, where are you from? And where would you like to, to go eventually? At the time I said Atlanta, because I thought I wanted to end up in Atlanta, um, because that's where my extended family is from. And he said, well, you might not necessarily start out in Atlanta, which is true. (laughs) And for the best, I will say that for the best, um, he said, Columbus would be a great starter market for you. And sure enough, I, I ended up in Columbus and, um, And then in Jacksonville, I actually applied to work in Jacksonville when I was looking for my job in Charlotte. I I had interviewed here and um, I just already loved Jacksonville and loved the idea of of being here and and starting and making a home here. So it brought me back to Jacksonville because I already knew that I had enjoyed the idea of of working here. So uh, my husband, actually, his family... um, his grandmother would uh, summer here in Ponte Vedra, which is about 10 minutes down the road. So my husband actually has family ties oh, cool. here. So it's fantastic that we were able to come here because he has a lot of memories as well. You, uh, 
I know the season did not go as a lot of people in Jacksonville had planned, but you got to see a pretty good one from Evan Ingram and an old Miss grad uh, this, uh, this season. Every time he's on the TV, I always say hotty toddy. That's my little <laughs> injection of bias. You know, you, okay. you, you I, I can't just let that one go because he's fantastic. I actually haven't gotten the chance to meet him, um, but I I'm rooting for him every single time. Where, uh, where do you have your Emmy? Where's it at? It is in um, physically here in the room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. That's what I'm wondering. Like, where is it showcased? Where do you have it? Like, what's the what's no, the deal? It's it's from the Charlotte chapter. Um, it yeah. is actually over here in one of the shelves that we have. Okay. Just, yeah. just curious. I, I had that yeah. I had that linked out. Um, yeah. So uh, rest of the day. What are we doing? You're done for the day. The rest of the day it is beautiful here. It's so nice. I can't wait to actually go outside and not feel like I'm wearing several layers. And I say that because I'm such a wimp when it drops below anything of 65 degrees, I start whining. I'm, I just can't do it, but no, it's gorgeous. It's approaching 80 today. I love actually walking on the beach. So cliche, but we're really close to the beach. So I really enjoy that. It's a good way to like just de-stress and just also get some steps in. Um, my dog is also big on the beach life. So mm -hmm. we like to walk together, but I'm doing that. And actually I am having dinner dinner tonight with um a former news watch okay. um fellow employee classmate if you will so we are catching up because she is she lives in jacksonville and we have had this on the books for months and we were like okay. we're finally devoting time to catch up so i am having dinner with her how many i kind of forgot this last thing what how many applications or whatnot did you send out when you graduated i mean you got the columbus gig but like how, what, wow. what did that look like that was that was constant. So I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say probably over 50, over 50. I remember some stress about this. I do remember yeah. a little bit. Of, I, I want to say anywhere between 50 and 70, because I, I obviously applied to markets that I really wanted at first. And then when you're not getting any notification, you start kind of like just panic applying. Mm -hmm. um, and this was back when there were a lot more options. There was, you know, I think Meredith was one of the ownerships that was available. Now you don't have as, as many options since a lot of stations have, you know, either joined or been bought out. Um, but I remember bulk applying to so many places. I, I interviewed um, in... I think it was Myrtle Beach. I had a phone interview. Yeah. I went and visited Chattanooga. Um, I was actually hoping to maybe start in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I think that's in Savannah was also a place that I had a lot of interest in. Um, I think that's one thing that's really changed now is there's so much more opportunity for people out just right out of college to start in these big markets. I think that's one question that always gets debated hotly in, um, in the news world is, is it a good idea to start in a big market? Is it a good idea to start in a small market? Mm -hmm. Personally, I wouldn't trade my small market experience for anything because it, it really gave me such a good opportunity to to find my passion and to find the way to connect the that has helped me now in my current job. There's just, there's nothing like a small town, local news people, people really love and are passionate about their communities. And you can't see that passion if you're not a part of that small town for whatever it, you know, amount it may be. And the people I will say still from Columbus, they are my biggest 
following on Facebook and they still keep up with really? me to this day. They are devoted and they are tried <laughs> and true. And I appreciate that, you know, cause I, again, I got into this because of people. So taking that with me throughout, you, you feel like you still have that love from that small town community. And that reminds me every single day, like at the end of the day, these are the same type of people, but it's just in a, in a bigger city. Yeah. They want to tell their stories too. They have stories right. too. It's all, it's all the same. I mean, it's kind of the the story of this whole segment here. And this, this episode is, you know, it, it, every person kind of has something no matter what market or what size they're in. Well, look, Chandler, I appreciate it. I'll let you get out toward the, uh, the beach. Neil and I really uh, enjoyed watching you progress through and following you on social media. So I thank you. And as always, if you, uh, if you need something, be sure to let us know. Thank you. Hotty toddy. Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.